few announcements, and then we'll have the message from the Word of God. Tomorrow night, we will have choir practice at 6 o'clock and worship team practice at 645. There will be a joint prayer meeting here at the church at 7.30, and the kids' choir will go on as well at 7.30, and the youth choir at 8.15. Wednesday, we'll have our choir practice and worship team practice and our annual business meeting. Now, we've been waiting for this meeting, right? So it's going to be a great meeting. <laughs> we've been waiting and preparing, so... It's going to be great this Wednesday night, so please come out. Be here a little early. 7.30 we're going to start, and we're going to share the, how the Lord has blessed this church and provided for us and given us so much and how He's blessed us in the ministry and called all of you to serve Him as well together. We're, we're one body in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thursday there will be Bible study for the ladies at 10 o'clock in the morning, and then there'll be a men's lunch at 11.30, and the Friday groups will take place as well. We've also got a new bulletin that has come out that is really encouraging. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you hope and a future. And it's a beautiful bulletin, so you have a chance to pick those up in the foyer before you leave. For the month of October, this year is going so fast, and before you know it, we'll be at the end of the year. But we've got some beautiful events coming up this month. We are going to have a Fellowship and Dessert Night on Wednesday, the 21st of October at 7.30. Women's Dinner. Yes, the ladies will be having their dinner this month. On Monday night, October 26th, Shelley's birthday at 7 o'clock. You can see Sonia to sign up and pay for the $10 for that. And then the Harvest Festival is approaching on the 31st. It's a Saturday night this year, so we'll all have a chance to come together at the Grange Hall and celebrate Harvest Fest. Now, Halloween is dressing up in many different things, as we all know, but for our Harvest Fest, the kids dress up in biblical costumes. They dress up beautifully for the Lord, and we have a great time. And please see Gina Scarelli. She's up at the wedding, but she'll be back, and she'll be collecting the donations and taking your names down to help out with the games. And we'll need different volunteers also to set up over at the Grange Hall. So we look forward to a great month. We also have two guest speakers coming up. In the same month, we have Rajiv Nicholas, who's coming all the way from Sri Lanka. He'll be speaking to us on the 11th of October. And Hilton Lowe will be our speaker the last Sunday of the month on the 25th. And our dear brother Adel will be speaking and we'll have a message also next month in October. Shall we just open in a word of prayer before we begin? We thank you, Father, for all that you have done for us. We are your children and we're so thankful. We're thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ died for us. He rose again and he's coming back. And Lord, every time we think of it, every time we think about heaven, it brings joy and encouragement to our lives. We pray now by the Holy Spirit that you will speak to us, to each one personally this morning, convicting, encouraging, comforting. And we pray, Father, that you will hide me behind the cross and that your word would go forth in a very powerful way today. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. We promise to get you out early today as well. While on an expedition to the South Pole, British explorer Sir Ernest Shackleton 
left a few men on Elephant Island and promised that he would return for them. Well, time passed and he had a very hard time getting back to them because of the huge icebergs that blocked his way. But suddenly, as if by a miracle, an avenue opened up in the ice and Shackleton was able to get through. His men, ready and waiting, quickly scrambled aboard and no sooner had the ship cleared the island than the ice crashed together behind them. The great explorer said to his men, It was fortunate you were all packed and ready to go. They replied, We never gave up hope. Whenever the sea was clear of ice, we rolled out our sleeping bags and reminded each other, The boss may come today. The boss may come today. And isn't that true? The Lord Jesus Christ, our boss, our Savior, our King, our God, may come today. And we sometimes lose sight of that fact when we get so bogged down with the things of this world, the pressures, the stress. We have work, we have school, we have all kinds of things. We've got to pay our taxes, we've got bills to pay. All these things are heavy weights upon us. But the Lord wants us to remember, I have promised to come back. Our dear brother Mike shared, and I never knew what he was going to share, but it went right with it because he says, in a little while, I'm going to come. In another scripture, he says, I'm going to come quickly. And we say, Lord, it's been over 2,000 years. You haven't come back yet. Don't give up the hope. Like these men who were stranded on this island, this elephant island, waiting. They knew the boss had given them the assurance he would come back. And they were waiting. And notice they didn't have to scramble to get everything together. They were packed and they were ready. And that's what the Lord wants us to be today. He wants us to be packed and ready for heaven. He wants us to have the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He wants to have that assurance in our lives so that we can know if He comes today, we're going to go home to be with Him. If we die today, those who know the Lord Jesus Christ will go to be with Him. The problem is, not everyone is prepared. Not everyone is ready. Even in an audience this size, there may be one or two or more that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. I can tell you today, if you don't have Him in your heart, you're not ready. You're not prepared. And God doesn't want you to be that way. And notice what happened. As soon as these men got off the island, it says the ice crashed down. That would have devoured them. They would have died. They got out at just the right time. And the Lord is going to come at just the right time. It says only the Father knows the exact time that the Lord Jesus Christ will come. It's in God's time. It's in His timetable. That's why we have to be ready. You know, if God had told us in His Word exactly the day, exactly the hour, exactly the minute, knowing our human nature, we would sit back with a nice cold drink and we would relax and say, I got time. I've got so much time. And we would not do the work of the Lord. So he says this, be ready. I'm coming at a time when no one thinks I'm going to come. I'm going to come at a time like a thief in the night. And that's when the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come. And we have to be ready for that. We have to be prepared. You know, we're so good at preparing in life, aren't we? We prepare for earthquakes. We prepare for emergencies. We prepare for vacations. We prepare for retirement. We prepare for so many things in life. 
but we're very bad about preparing for eternity. We can prepare about everything else, but if you don't prepare for where your soul is going to spend all eternity, the Bible calls that foolishness. It's foolishness. Because of all the other things you can prepare for, if you don't prepare for them, there's consequences, yes. But if you don't prepare for Jesus coming, there's eternal consequences. Eternal consequences. And so that's why we have to be ready. You know, the devil has a strategy. He doesn't want people to accept Christ as his Savior. He doesn't want them to believe. And so he does everything in his power to keep them from being saved. Now, he knows it's a tough sell if you have a choice between going to heaven and being saved, having Christ on the one hand, and going to hell and being lost forever. He knows he's got a tough sell. So what he does many times, he says, yeah, you can receive Jesus as your Savior. You should receive, but just not today. Don't do it today. You've got plenty of time. You've got plenty of time. You can think about it later. You can do it later. You're busy now. You're, you're going to school or you're graduating. You're getting married. You're having children. You're working. All these things. Take your time. There's plenty of time. And that's the lie of the devil. That's the strategy of the devil because the Lord wants us to be ready now. Amen. Now is the acceptable time, the Bible says. Now is the day of salvation. And we can't put it off at all. The Bible says that there are so many references to the coming of the Lord, especially in the New Testament. A man named John Wesley White said there are some 1,845 references to the coming of the Lord in the Bible, in, especially in the New Testament. Now, if God puts that many verses on a subject of the coming of the Lord, don't you think it's important? Don't you think it's of the utmost importance? It is. It surely is. And the title of our message today is simply two words, rapture ready. I know Barb, she saw my car because when I got my new Ford Escape and I love this car, I, ha I got a couple decals for it. And I said, I wonder what I should put on my car. So I looked on the internet and Adel has seen them. He knows what I have. And some of you may have seen them too. I got two of them. One of them says, in Christ alone, my hope is found. And the second one is rapture ready. And I love that one, rapture ready, because when Christ is your hope, when you're saved and you know him, you're rapture ready. And it's kind of neat because the T in rapture is a cross. It's a red cross. So you see it, rapture ready. And I've really got to think about this this week, and I was thinking about how many people are really rapture ready, ready for the Lord's coming. Of all the people in the world, how many are really ready when Jesus comes, when the trumpet sounds, when the voice of the archangel is heard, how many are really ready? That's the key. Today we're going to look at a story from the New Testament, and I know if Dave Huete is here, he'd really love this because he loves the parables. And I love them too because parables are heaven, they're earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. And this one is, is no different from that, and it's found in Matthew chapter 25. We'll begin reading at verse 1. Matthew 25 and verse 1. The Lord has been talking about his coming all through chapter 24, and now he's moved into chapter 25, and he's giving them some examples of how they should be ready. Matthew 25, 1 says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins, who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. 
Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Verse 13, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. We're going to talk about two things, how to be rapture ready. Number one is to... Be saved. Accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Be saved, and then you will be rapture ready. Secondly, the second thing to be rapture ready is to be sanctified. After we are saved, to be doing those things that please the Lord so that when he comes, he finds us faithful in his service. He finds us living holy lives, godly lives. He doesn't want us to be living lives like this world. He wants us to be different. He wants us to stand out for him and to say, I'm not any different than you, but Jesus Christ has saved my life. He saved my soul. It's all because of him. It, all the religions of the world are based on good works to get that future heaven. And everyone is except the gospel, except the truth of Christianity, which is the truth, because that is we're saved by grace through faith. We don't deserve it. It's the way that he has planned for everyone to be saved. So we see in this story, in verse 1, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of these ten were wise, and five were foolish. And you ask yourself, well, what was the definition of wise versus foolish? Was, were the wise ones smarter? Were, did they have a higher IQ? Were they more educated? Were they more successful? No. And were the foolish on the opposite? No. The difference was the wise ones were the ones who were prepared and ready, and the foolish ones were unprepared and unready. It's as simple as that. And so that's why the gospel is so simple. The gospel is so free that it goes out to every person, but each person has to make their own personal decision to receive Christ. I can't make it for you. You can't make it for me. A father can't make it for his son. Son can't make it for his father. We can't do it for our friends. Each one of us has to make a personal decision for Christ. Don't put it off. We have to make that decision. These foolish ones, they thought they had so much time. They thought they did. They thought, oh, there's plenty of time to get ready. And they didn't have the oil for their lamps. They had the lamps, just like the others. They were all in that same condition. But they didn't have the oil. And the olive oil was used in those days to light the lamps. And so when the time would come for the bridegroom to come, they had to, be, they had to have the lamp and they had to have the oil. And apparently the foolish ones thought 
Because the master was delayed in his coming, I've got plenty of time. Oh, he's not coming today. He, it won't be today. I've got plenty of time. And so they lost out. They were left behind. Verse 5 says, But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And the Lord said, as I mentioned in, in the opening this morning, he's waited for so long so far to come. And he hasn't come, but he is going to come. And the Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 8, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. You know, these, these men who were waiting for Lord Shackelford, they probably said, wow, it's been a long time. I know he promised to come, but maybe he's not going to come. Remember when Moses was up on the mountain getting the law? They, were so, they said, oh, we don't know what's happened to this Moses. Make us a, a golden calf and we'll worship that. And that's the God that brought up Israel. They, he was on for 40 days. These people were waiting for more than that on that island. And we've been waiting more than 40 days. It's been thousands, you know, hundreds and, and up to 2,000 years. But the Lord's promise never fails. He fulfills every promise, and that promise will be fulfilled. Will it be in our generation? Probably it will. But even if it's not, he's going to come at his perfect timing. We have to be ready. We have to be prepared. We don't want to be like the foolish virgins who were not prepared. We want to be like the wise virgins who were prepared. You say, well, why didn't the foolish ones do it? I mean, all they had to do is go out, get the oil, and it would be right there and prepared. Why were they foolish? Well, why is anyone foolish? Why does anyone not prepare for the coming of the Lord? Why, does, why doesn't everyone believe in Jesus? Why doesn't everybody accept him? You know, everyone is a sinner. We all need to be saved. But not everyone believes that. Not everyone believes that they need to be, to be saved. And notice when the Lord comes in this story. It's really interesting. It says in verse 6, And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Go out to meet him. So there they were, they were all asleep, sleeping soundly. And if you've ever been in your bed at night and maybe something woke you up like in the middle of the night, earthquake, some loud sound maybe in the neighborhood, it wakes you up and all of a sudden you're, you're wide awake and, and they were wide awake. The bridegroom is coming, he's here. And the wise ones went out and they had their oil in their lamps, they were ready. But the foolish ones, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We've got the lamp, but we don't have the oil for it. And he's coming, and it's dark, and we have to be able to see, to go in, to be with the bridegroom. And so they, say, they turn to the wise when they say, give us some of your oil. Give us some of yours, because our lamps are going out. And the wise one said, I'm sorry, we can't do that. We won't have enough for ourselves and for you. Go and buy oil, and then you can come. But by that time, my friends, it was too late. It was too late. And we notice in verse 12 in this chapter that it was too late because it says, actually, let's look at verse 10. And while they went out, and, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in to the wedding, and the door was shut. Have you ever seen a, a show on TV where they show the prison doors and it's that loud sound and when it's shut, it's like a finality. Clang! The door is shut. 
And that's what was happening here. When all the animals were on Noah's ark and all the people, Noah and his family, it says the Lord closed the door and no one could get in. Once that door is closed, there's no second chance. Once the Lord comes at the rapture, there's no time to say, let me receive him now, let me accept him now, because the Bible says we're going to be leaving this earth so quick. In 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52, it says this. It says that he's coming in a twinkling of an eye, and that's how he's going to come, in a twinkling of an eye of an eye. So quick, you can't even believe it. It's going to come. It says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. How fast is that? Microsecond. In a moment, we shall be changed. And at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. That trumpet's going to sound. The voice of the archangel is going to be heard. But only believers are going to hear it. Only believers are going to go at the rapture. What's going to happen to those left behind? There's going to be people left behind on, in this world. Some of them will even be left behind in churches. And that's the saddest thing because they had the opportunity. They may have heard the truth, but it's too late. They've been left behind. And that's what happened to these foolish versions. They said, Lord... Notice what they said. They said, Lord, Lord, open for us. No, it's too late. It's too late. Jesus says here, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Isn't that sad? It's truly sad. It's really sad. The five wise ones went in. They were ready. The five foolish ones did not. They were left, out. They were left behind. They were left out. And it's so sad. And it says in verse 13, the very sobering words, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. He may come today before this meeting's over. He may come this afternoon. He may come at night. He may come while we're sleeping. He may come in the middle of the night. We don't know when he's going to come. Be ready. We have to be rapture ready. We have to be prepared for it. Young people, older people, men, women, boys and girls, we have to be prepared. There's no better preparation, no more important preparation than being prepared for the rapture. Are you ready today? If the Lord was to come right now, can you say, I'm ready? I have assurance in my heart. I've received Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm ready. Or is there a little doubt? Is there a little doubt that you really have Christ in your heart? Oh, you've known about Him. You know about Him. But you don't know Him. You don't have Him in your heart. Don't let that happen. Don't be like those foolish virgins that were left out. Don't be like the person who knows about it, but then the Lord comes and it's too late. Too late for you at that point. Secondly, for those who do know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior... Now that we are rapture ready in that sense, we know the Lord is our Savior, does that mean we should just kick back and live any way we wish because we're saved and we can do anything we want to and we have liberty? No. It should drive us to live holy lives, godly lives, pure lives. That's what the Lord wants us to be. And he wants us to be witnesses for him to tell others how they can be rapture ready. 
So he's left us here on this earth. He could have just saved us and then taken us immediately to heaven. He said, no, I'm going to leave Adam here because he, he's got some students there and he's got some fellow teachers there and he, we need him to tell the story. And he's put us into positions of responsibility in life to be able to share with others so that they will not be left out, left behind. And so the Lord has given us this promise. And in 1 Thessalonians 1.10, it says, Paul writing to the Philippians, he says, And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivered us from the wrath to come. He does not want any of us to go through any wrath, any tribulation, nothing. He's going to take us home first before the tribulation hits this earth. And that's why we have to ask ourselves, am I ready? Am I prepared? For his coming. Am I living the kind of life that brings glory to the Lord? Or am I living the kind of life that brings shame to the Lord? Now, we don't want that, right? We don't want to bring shame to the Lord. We want to bring glory to the Lord. And it is encouraging when we think about it. The thought of the Lord's coming should inspire us. The thoughts of the Lord's coming should comfort us. The thoughts of the Lord's coming should encourage us. And that's why Paul, in writing in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 18, after he's mentioned about how the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, and so shall we be with the Lord. Then he says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. And it is comforting. It's comforting to know that we're going to be with him forever. But the Lord wants us to live lives of full commitment, full surrender, and full dedication to Him. There's no time for half-hearted Christianity. There is no time for that. There's no time to sit on the sidelines. There's no time to sit on the bench. It's time to get going because there's a lot of people that have not yet received Christ as Savior. And we have a lot to do for the Lord. If you look over at 1 John chapter 2 and verse 28, I think it's one of the most challenging verses in the New Testament, in the whole Bible, and it says these words. And little children abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Notice the choices we have. We can either have confidence knowing that we're living for the Lord and we're living holy and godly lives and pleasing him on the one hand, or be ashamed at his coming. What a sad thing. One of my favorite quotes is this. It says, Reckon him a Christian indeed, who is neither ashamed of the gospel nor ashamed to the gospel. Ashamed of it. May the Lord help us not to be ashamed to the gospel. If you look also at 1 John chapter 3 and verses 2 and 3, it says these challenging words too. It says, Beloved, now we are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Are we, and I mean all of us, and I'm pointing my finger at myself, rapture ready. Meaning, have I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior? Do I know for sure I'm going to go to heaven? That's the utmost importance. But secondly, it's also important to live a, a, a rapture-ready life, a life that's pleasing to the Lord. We need to have our suitcases packed and be ready to go, and we want to take others with us. We want others to go with us 
to heaven. We don't want anyone to be left behind. I found a very cute and wonderful story about a school in Kentucky for mentally disabled children in the hills of Kentucky. And they used to teach the children that the Lord was going to descend from heaven, the Lord Jesus was going to descend from heaven with a shout and meet them in the air. And so the teachers say that the window panes are smudged from the press of their faces against the window, looking out to see if they could see the Lord coming, right? Waiting. They were excited. They heard that. Maybe that was the first time they ever heard that Jesus was going to come. And so they'd press their noses, their faces to look. Are you looking for the Lord's coming today? Are you longing for the Lord's coming today? And are you living for the Lord's coming today? It's so critical and important. We don't know the day and we don't know the hour. And I'm thankful we don't. It should keep us on our spiritual toes. It should keep us out of trouble. It should keep us living for the Lord, knowing that it may be today that he comes. So in conclusion of our message today, let us remember, let's be ready for the rapture. Let's be rapture ready. You don't have to put one of these decals on your car. You don't, want, you don't have to do that. But be rapture ready in your heart. Be rapture ready in your life. Know the Lord Jesus as your Savior because time is short and no one knows how much time they have to receive Christ. We've heard of deaths recently, bus accidents, train accidents, earthquakes. People die suddenly and then they have no more opportunity. Don't be left behind. Don't be left behind. There's no second chance. And as believers... Let's live lives that are pleasing to our Lord, full of dedication and service, commitment to Him. And we ask ourselves this question, when the Lord comes, will He find me faithful? Will He find me about His service? Will He find me holy and living for Him completely? That's what all of us should want. That's what all of us should desire. And we should be that way in our lives. I found a song the Lord, he brings, I was talking to Sonia today, the Lord brings these songs to my mind that I heard years ago, and it's amazing. And he brought a song to my mind that goes along with this subject that is very sobering. And I'm going to share it with you this morning. And I'd like you to close your eyes and listen to this song and see the powerful message that was given to it. It's titled, I Wish We'd All Been Ready. Life was filled with guns and war, and all of us got trampled on the floor. I wish we'd all been ready. The children died, the days grew cold. A piece of bread could buy a bag of gold. I wish we'd all been ready. And there's no time to change your mind. The sun has come and you've been left behind. A man and wife asleep in bed. She hears a noise and turns her head. He's gone. I wish we'd all been ready. Two men walking up a hill. One disappears and one's left standing still. I wish we'd all been ready. And there's no time to change your mind. The sun has come and you've been left behind. 
The Father spoke, the demons died. How could you have been so blind? There's no time to change your mind. The Son has come, and you've been left behind. I wish we'd all been ready. There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come and you've been left behind. I hope we'll all be ready. You've been left behind. I hope we'll all be ready. You've been left behind. I hope we'll all be ready. You've been left behind. Let's pray, shall we? Father, this is a sobering topic this morning for all of us. And we pray, Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know you, Lord Jesus, as personal Lord and Savior, please let them receive you today. We implore them, Lord, because we know how much you love them and how you want to save them, and you want them to be in heaven with you forever. Lord, don't let anything keep them from this today. Lord, let them not be left out or left behind, but be with us in heaven forever. And Lord, for us as believers, help us to live clean lives, holy lives, pleasing to you, Lord. We fail sometimes, we sin, and we confess it to you. But we pray that our, our body of work, our lives, that we, the legacy that we have to live, will leave behind a, a blessing to others, that people will see very clearly that you have saved us, and it's not because of our goodness or what we do or what we haven't done, but it's because of your grace that reached down and sent Jesus to save us and give us eternal life. Please take us home safely, Lord. Please bring our brothers and sisters back from the wedding. And just help us, Lord, this week to rejoice that you're coming soon. And when that roll is called up yonder, Lord, we want everyone to be at that roll call and be there, Lord. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.